0: Welcome to episode 3 of the podcast. This episode will build off last week's where we discussed the fundamentals of hypertrophy. We really need to understand this so that we can effectively program. So today we will break down programming from beginners to advanced and also how to periodize it. Programming really is an art. You know, anyone can just sit sit down and write themselves a workout, But to get long-term success, you know, it really is a skill. I remember when I started out, I didn't follow a program at all. I think I did the same thing for a year. (laughs) And, of course, I plateaued and stopped seeing results after a couple of months. And I really wondered, I was like, what am I doing wrong? And then then you get to the point where you're like, well, now I must do more. Because if that's not working, I'll do more. So I did more. (laughs) <laughs> that didn't work either, so hopefully this episode today will, will show you some common mistakes to avoid. I don't know how you guys started off training. Hope you didn't do insanity for a year like me. <laughs> that is the no. definition of insanity. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so ironic. Yeah. <laughs> but then
1: it was a program and yeah, different results. results. I know, my
0: car must be doing something wrong here.
2: I, s- I started in um, muscle and fitness and flex magazine wanted to look like Ronnie Coleman and I I did not know what it took, so I thought...
0: Creating will be the trick.
2: And a Ronnie Coleman program is all I need, so luckily yeah, I was able... Yeah, I started really
1: off my dad's home gym in the garage, yeah. we just started off with the real basic, because it was a small basic, one of these York fitness type home gyms, so a lot of chest pressing, yeah lap pull down, but literally every day doing those same four exercises. It yeah. so went so that's like when I was probably around fifteen I mean you know, the rugby club then I created a gym in one of the rooms at the rugby club and again choose I only would do so I rugby train Tuesdays, Thursdays, play Saturdays. So Tuesdays and Thursdays I'll be in the gym after training. And doing the same exercises yeah. both days. There was no real direction. We'd do a lot of pull ups, um, yeah. a lot of chin ups, a lot of chest pressing, lots of bicep curls. There was a sixty kg dumbbell set there. And I remember my J B, our uh, orthopaedic surgeon in the UK, bicep curling sixty kgs. Oh my um goodness. but like with zero form. Like you're swinging, are really flicking it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to show you could do bicep curl sixty kgs. And um but the fact is, you know, we did the same exercises both days. You know, very little. We didn't split it up. It was like, oh, yeah, you, know, you know, I'm going to go from chest press to leg extensions to, you know, who's, who's on what piece of equipment. We're going I'd go do that. waiting. While, yeah. while There's no real direction. I up here. until probably 18, 17, 18, then I started to take it a bit more seriously.
2: Yeah, mine was advanced bro splits so when i look back it's yeah that was just uh, blind leading the blind i just got into the gym figured out every day monday's chest tuesday's legs and then whatever comes after that is you think fig- you decide and then friday's arms because you need you need weekend arm pump you know so <laughs> that. Yeah. That's what I did for a long time. Well, that's what the media
0: was showing at the time, I guess, as well. It's all sort of reflected in that. And, you know, that's how you trained. You would see these bodybuilders or or whoever you sort of wanted to emulate. And and you'd. I think most people people automatically think to look like someone, you must train like them. Um, You know, a lot of people, and a lot of people, you know, to this day, that's how they sell their products. You know, like if you want to look like me, you got to train, train like, me. like me. And, yeah, to an extent, but, you know, we're all so different that, you know, up to a point, you know, it's not—it's just not going to work.
1: Yeah, and I think before I understood programming, you always thought you could out-train, especially when you're young, out-train a bad diet. You know, we would yeah, go out yeah,
2: yeah.
1: on Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, drink a lot, eat a kebab with pizza on the way home, throughout the week eating crap. You know, but we were we were doing a lot of training, but like it was more cardio focused, so we weren't getting fat. Yeah. But then again, uh, the muscle development was minimal because we weren't actually getting enough protein. And yeah. all that crap, we were getting a lot of fat and carbs, but not a lot of protein, really.
0: Yeah.
2: Not enough sleep. Yes, I was going to say. Enough, yeah, yeah, not enough rest. rest <laughs> not enough
1: food. Yeah. You Does get that... away with it a lot when you're younger and you, you, you're still kind of new to different training cycles and splits you you make a lot of progress yeah but but say that if you were to do it properly you'd see even more progress you'll see real progress not just general progress
2: and especially now with lots of information i think some some people you you it's it's a bit of an excuse when you're not following a good program because there's good coaches out here who some are providing free services some are charging i mean the podcast is free so you just listen to it figure out a program and i think it's just a bit ignorant if you're currently sort of training and you don't have a plan with with the load of information out here you but
0: that, that's also a problem i think there's yeah, so much information that you're like you, oh well i don't know where to start this yeah, person is telling it. me
2: I need to I do... I need
0: this, this person two. is saying, I need to do this, okay. so I'll do a bit of them and a bit of them. And, and of course that's get. not going to work either. <laughs> yeah. So... And yeah. well, that's the problem now is,
1: it's where, and I said it before, it's about where you consume your information. mm
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yep.
1: You're better off almost keeping to one, one source of info. Not completely one source, but like people say the same stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: you... you try to do something that some fit influencer uh, does on YouTube, maybe I do something that some hardcore bodybuilder does, you, you know, you won't get any progressive either. Yeah. You know, so it's almost a case of deciding, you know, and we'll get into this, talking about training styles, but like if you like what say, someone like Jordan Peters or Dante Trundell does, like with progressive overload, you know, with dog crap training, if you, if you like that style training, and you to give it a go, keep to that rather yeah. than bouncing around various styles, you know, uh, and s- try and milk it for the progress you can, and then look to change rather than, oh, uh, yeah, you know, this month I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. next month I'm going to do that. Yeah, you know, and we discussed la- last week about, yeah, muscle ad- uh, body adaption. And if you're bouncing between, and we said this last week, if you're bouncing between styles, your body never has to adapt it's always constantly changing it's like you know it's never being tapped by one set of exercises so
0: yeah so that's why if if you haven't listened to last week's episode we really recommend that you do it will help you so much more in understanding kind of our thoughts behind programming you know like andy said the adaptation because when you program we do it for the long term. You can even do it for a year. Because as your body adapts, you're then going to have to enter a different phase if you're programming, so that you can constantly progress. Um,
2: and give each phase... Time. Time, pretty much. You're not powerlifting for three days, doing crossfit for two days, bodybuilding for another two. You'll you you'll just be going round in circles.
0: Yeah, so look look at the whole year, and that's that's often called your macrocycle and then that's broken down into mesocycles and microcycles so your so we've got the year your macro cycle and then that's broken down into blocks so you, of mesocycles so one block might be a strength training block of 3 or 4 weeks then you might have another one of hypertrophy for another 3 or 4 weeks and then your microcycles are maybe like one one of the week of training Um, So that's, that's sort of a good overview of, you know, long-term programming like that. And it's, it is hard to think of a whole year in advance, but it really does help. And so you need to have your, your goals, you know, clearly defined, and then each phase will have a clearly defined goal too. And that makes it really easy to work towards. Um, So...
1: Yeah, I think when you're in competitive sport, your uh um, mesocycles change a little bit because you then go for an on-season, off season. The same mm-hmm. with if, if you are a rugby player, you have season and the off season as well and or pre-season and you, you know, so you split it up as according to to what your goal is, and I think that is mm-hmm. the goal. If you are someone who looking to be or are a competitive bodybuilder, your season your your prep essentially is going to be very different to your off season
2: yeah uh... not
1: via um you know style because you will try you know i try to do progressive overload always but how much you're looking to beat that logbook and stuff and where you're looking to make uh changes in volume and stuff so you know obviously in the off season and we get into just a bit more is you know you'll be pushing it a lot harder than prep where your your core function is to reduce body fat so i I suppose you know it goes all goes back to what we've always said is know your goal Mm -hmm. know your reason and what you're looking to get out and then base big blocks around that and then smaller blocks within that
0: yeah, and it can be hard, you know, as as coaches or personal trainers. I mean, you don't know if someone's going to work with you for a year, so you might just be programming um, a meso cycle for someone, which is fine because Andy just said you've got you've got a very clear cut goal in that amount of time um, to achieve. But if, if you are someone who wants to program for yourself um, or, or is looking for long term programming from a coach, then taking that year time frame is I think it's very beneficial.
2: Yeah. It's like Andy said last, last week, which I think everyone should listen to that one before this, that one year is just for like your coach or whoever you're working with to get to know you, to understand how your body reacts to certain training, uh, nutrition protocols, cardio, and you, you need time. Cause this, you see a lot of four, four week programs that i think that's very little time for someone especially a coach to get to know whoever they're working with and if, i i don't like i personally don't like programming like f- anything below eight weeks yeah even even eight
0: yeah, is 12 12 is is, is good because you can you know the like you say the first month you're just getting to know someone what yeah. they can handle what they can recover from yeah If, if what their goal, you know, is their goal achievable, taking all of that into account. So yeah, 12 weeks. Yeah, I
2: think 12 weeks should be the minimum you're going for. Yeah, I
0: like a 12. Mm. Because you can get results as well.
1: Yeah.
2: And that, that is what, three months of you just figuring out, like, especially if you're a newbie, just getting your baseline, where to start your, starting on your logbook, you get your weights so if you're switching training every 12 weeks you have your logbook you know your weights on your bench um if you're into your sports you you still have your numbers so what, whatever sort of training you switch to you have your numbers you started with and you can you can continue to compute as you go along
0: yeah so i think let let's let's talk about beginner someone who's just starting out and uh like leon you who jumps straight th- into a pretty advanced yeah. split you don't need to do that you yeah. really don't and um it is it's um not it's not going to be beneficial for your future progress because you always want to think what you're doing now is it going to help your future progress or is it yeah is it going to build you up towards that because sometimes you can just be what you think that you're doing now is actually going to take you backwards yeah. um so for beginners, yeah.
1: Sorry, I was gonna say, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's important to again know your goal at the beginning because your whole beginning is setting the foundation for your lifetime of training. You okay? know, so that's why there's no point rushing in and jumping a little deep end, potentially getting an injury, potentially losing the love of training because you know you've been dumped into the ocean rather than starting in the, the, you know, the kiddie section of the swimming pool you know don't get out of your depth yeah.
0: too early yeah, yeah. and yeah. just think you know when you're new you have so much potential yeah. and if you train and program properly you know your growth can just be incredible yeah. uh, I, and like all of us I, like we're all just kicking ourselves yeah. now like if we knew what we knew now yeah. if we could just go back in time yeah. and apply that like where we would be now would be a totally different uh, place in terms of physique even mindset i guess yeah
2: because i i think i love the gym the first week in the gym worst week ever got in the gym the so big guys uh, get under a squat bar i think i warmed up with like 40 and the guys just kept saying if you can't do it go home, don't waste time here, I'll,
1: I'm, I'm, it's no joke,
2: like, I'll spot you, and I'm like, what? what is spotting, like, I'll help you, and I'm thinking, and the first week, my f- squat was a 70 kilo squat, but it was more like a bicep curl for the guy who was helping me, I was sick the next day, I was in pain, I remember, because I was doing it for football, I couldn't, I couldn't train, so my dad was laughing, and he's like, "Yeah, this—that's what you get for just walking into a gym and no idea, and you just start lifting." Yeah. So I—I I look back, and I'm like, "It's—it's it's even in—it's just lucky I continued, 'cause I would have—that experience would have just made anyone hit the gym and—and
1: and I suppose there's a good lesson there. Uh, surround yourself <laughs> early on with knowledgeable people rather than people who may have been doing a lifetime of the wrong, wrong mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Different mm-hmm. if you go in and they are massive, stacked, yeah. and they're not these physiques you want. Yeah, exactly. that probably is worth listening to them. But if they're just guys who've been going to the gym for a long time I mean, look average, probably best not to take their advice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just how it is.
0: Yeah. Uh, I know, and uh, we will talk about this later, you know we're killing yourself in your first week, uh, yeah. it's not very helpful.
2: Especially with Cause then be- you
0: can't even train. Like you were probably hobbling. Yeah, I,
2: for- I was, I was finished. My knees, my <laughs> legs, I couldn't <laughs> run on the field. It was just bad. And then, you know, as a beginner, the first one, two, three weeks, you start seeing, you know, the pump you're responding. So you, your brain assumes, okay, it, it's painful, but it must be working. Because you're, yes. ni- you're a newbie, so you, you don't know the response your body will give you, but you start seeing yeah. a few pumps and a few bit of definition. Mas- yeah, and you think, okay.
0: And,
1: and you don't yeah. know any different. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, like, as a newbie, without the guidance, you don't know that, yeah, it's nice that you've got a pump and stuff, but could you have even more? Yeah. Because <laughs> you you've got no correct guidance. If you definitely these guys who jump into a gym, and try to do it yourself, because you looked online. Right. Yeah, you are that I always say the best time to get coached is when you're a beginner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get in early with a solid foundation. Because here's the thing, and this is something I, I'm keen on. I wouldn't give a squat to a newbie. No. Not like a, a, an upper back high bar squat. Just wouldn't. It's just too technical. Yeah. And I wouldn't give a deadlift to a newbie, because it's too technical. Yeah, you got to think. And especially... And this goes to people training into online, especially getting a newbie with an online coach. They haven't seen how you lift. They don't know where your uh, force exertion points are and where your natural mobility points are. So my squat is different to your squat. You know, yeah. I may be. I take a lot of my squat into the glutes rather than because, well, subconsciously my body diverts a lot of the pressure away from the quads. Yeah. And you know, the way I squat, I probably take a little bit more load on the back. So I wouldn't, therefore, give the squat to a newbie because there's better exercise I would give something like a goblet squat, so you can practice that movement. Further, you know, first until probably for a while
2: a until I, I feel
1: confident <laughs> enough, moving on to a high bar squat. The same with a deadlift. I'd probably do things like rack pulls or. Dumbbell rows, bent over rows, and stuff. Because doing a deadlifts are very technical, and all these compound exercises very technical. You know, bench pressing slightly different. You know, you start with a dumbbell because you know a bit more. You know, choice and your. You know, you're not so rigid with your movement. Um, because you know, unless someone's really long limbed and narrow chested, you know, but there is only a certain range of motion you can have in the chest press, unlike a lot of the bigger compound, like overhead pressing, you know, people going to try to do complex CrossFit movements, you know, or, or Olympic movements very early on in their lifting career is never going to do well. You're going to get injured. Also, you're not going to get your progress. So think about what, as a coach, when, you, or when you're doing your own programming, Think about what the most basic exercises you can initially make progress from.
0: Yeah, it's all about learning the movement patterns. You know, it's not necessarily about how much weight you can lift. You'll get to that point. So learning and grooving those patterns. And most importantly, not following a full arm bro split, but doing full body. And so you can do full body, um, you know, three times a week. And you'll still get good results, you know, because you're new, it's new stimulus, you'll have time to recover. So you can do one day on, one day off and take it like that. And I think a lot of people think, you know, the term beginner means maybe a few months, That's half year. a year, but actually it's, it's a lot longer than that. You know, you, you can be... <laughs> you
2: can be a beginner for years. For years, yeah. It's more... It's more so not even the time. It's the it's so, what you learn as as you go along. I think I was that say it's knowledge the, yeah, mm-hmm. it's because a lot of people are still pros and have been doing this for years, and they consider themselves beginners. So yeah, take your time.
0: Take your time. I mean, because just because you're doing full body doesn't doesn't make you less. Doesn't mean that you're not as good as someone else is doing brew splits. You know, you can do oh. full body, and you you know you, the. If you're doing full body three or four times a week you know the frequency you're hitting those muscle groups as compared to you know a pretty advanced split will be much more you know say if you if you're on a really advanced split which is breaking up all your body parts you might only train legs once a week
2: yeah i'm thinking even my next prep just because i might do a full body training and and prep with full body and just Try something yeah, I new. mean,
0: no joke, it's hard. You're, yeah. you're hitting every muscle group. And, you know, you, you would you would prioritize. So maybe on one day of your full body, you'll start with, you know, lower body. And that will be where you're doing your, your, your main sort of compound movement, yeah, your, your, compound your squat. Yeah. And then you'd go into sort of lighter upper body work. And then the next day, I mean, well, the next time you train... I would take a day off between. Then you'd start with upper body and Uh, do like a heavier upper body session and then lower lighter body and so on like that.
2: Yeah, and you keep alternating.
1: God, I was going to say, looking at it with a beginner, you've got to understand you've got less, your MVP or maximum um, MRV, MRV, maximum recovery volume is a lot lower. And... You can, even if you're doing a full body, as you said, prioritize different things. So the first ever week, prioritize legs. So all your leg training goes at the beginning of the session where you're at your strongest. And then the following session, you put maybe pushing movements at the beginning. And then on the third one, you've been put, pulling at the beginning. and rotate it like that. And making sure you've got enough recovery between each because as a beginner, that is where you will struggle most in recovery, and also knowing about recovery. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and that, oh, sorry. No,
1: okay, carry
0: on.
2: Um, yeah. No, I was saying that's one of the mistakes we make as beginners. You think you can train six, seven days a week.
0: Yeah, and that you think you should. Yeah. Yes. And you get told you should. Yes. No days off. Yes. Be smoked. Yeah. It is. And I, I like, Those I'll sometimes say I've got five days to train and they're a beginner. I'll be like, let's start with three. You know, on the other days, you can still do, you know, walking. You can still do, you know, other kind, kinds of fitness. But keep the strength training to three days and just see how your body adapts to that. And then maybe increase it to, to four or
2: and it, it's hard when you tell them that because yeah. you can really see the, the skepticism like
0: can i progress are you sure? with that
2: only three days
0: yeah.
2: will it work I'm, I'm used to doing six
1: you get oh, this so you know guys and that the newbies don't know is that no days off doesn't mean no days off from the gym it means take your recovery seriously as you as take your, your training. training. Yeah. And newbies are all about the training. They're all about, yeah, I'm going squat. Because they've been told you've got to squat to get big legs. Yeah. Not realising it's actually about the movement of pressing it to get your big legs. Yeah. It's not any one particular exercise. So take off your... Reco- prioritise your recovery as much as you prioritise the gym. You know, No days off means on your recovery days, take your nutrition seriously. Yep. Take your rest and your neat still seriously it doesn't mean beast yourself in the gym every single day yeah that's oh, what I yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and i think that's just so important yeah. and also take your form really seriously because this is this is the, this is the time to do that when you're starting out imagine you can get your form get it down that will set you up so well um, and again, like you like Andy said, this is the time to get a trainer because they'll hopefully <laughs> teach you good form. and that will just carry forward. And it is frustrating when you want to go into the heavier weights. But honestly, if you if you're just patient, you know and take your form seriously you will get to those heavier weights way more quickly than if you jump into them straight away like leon with his 70 oh, kilos yeah, <laughs> i'm sure you were doing quarter squats by the end of that no, i was
2: doing the full rep but yeah. he was bicep curling i i can tell you I, I was going down like full-on drop and then he was curling me up
0: but, that's just so pointless <laughs> yeah. I'm just, uh, and
2: i'm thinking okay Okay. You
0: men have an interesting mindset sometimes. Like <laughs> why would you do that to someone who comes into the gym for uh, their first day? Yeah, and it's why? like all, oh, again, all, all you know, hear is strong. strong. Better, and that's what happened to them. <laughs> yes. you know,
1: yeah, cycle oh. and and people not realising what spotting's about as well. Yes. You know, yeah. you go in and spotting's a safety measure rather than I'm gonna help you lift measure. Mm-hmm. Right? So you know, and again, I think form comes, and if you've got an online, or if you are an online coach, and you've got a newbie, get them to send you videos of their lifting. Yep. Several times, not just once, you know, if you've got, you know, I would say, yeah, send me a video of you goblet squatting. Let's look at how you handle the basic movement of, you know, your body movement into a squat position. You know, and, and send it this week, but also send it next week, and the week after, to make sure you're still Doing it, I and mean, we're just adjust it each time. You know, do we need to make it heel elevated? Probably mm-hmm. with most newbies, because don't forget, mobility is <laughs> probably an issue for people starting. So don't be afraid to heel elevate things to get a bit more quad activation. Because otherwise, they're probably just take load into the, the spine mm-hmm. the hips, and not into the whole leg. Um, and this is the thing. Form, as you say, do everything. And what goes with form is time under tension. Understand the importance of the eccentric portion of the lift. Everyone, and I've seen it so many times, in squatting especially. Young guys get into the gym. They've still got good joints. they got good joints. So they, they can bang it straight down into the pocket, into the hole. <laughs> you know, they drop faster than a rock dropping in the ocean, you know? But then they bounce back out, you yeah. know? That hamstring touches that calf and they're firing up. You know, it's great that you've got to fire up, but you've got zero, zero muscular control on the way down. Mm-hmm. So you've just missed half a lift. You're yeah, only that's where on the magic half. happens. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You are only lifting on half a lift. You're only getting half the benefit, you know? Yeah. Oh. So con- learn to control your lifts. Start off light. And work initially under these time under tensions, really slow eccentric. So, you know, if you're doing a chest press, take three seconds to get that bar to the low point and then lift it back out. Because, you know, when you progress off of that, you've got that core base then. Rather, you know, you could spend your first few cycles just mastering movements and you will still see the progress.
0: Yeah, just body weight for some things. Yeah, just use a bar and a bar but for the first yeah. few weeks you might just be on the bar just really
1: nice slow control yeah. control the movement don't let movement control
0: you yeah i mean that, you you need to earn sorry. sorry we always say this you need to earn having that barbell on your back or even just using a bar
2: yeah and i think because people rush have this idea you can um probably because of the i'd say maybe the internet or whatever guys are selling out there people have this idea you can you can have um maybe you've been untrained all your life and then you have all this 16 week transformations and 12 week transformations and then i think that's where guys miss the importance of form because everyone assumes you get to the gym day one and you start the gym day one like you start you know doing all the squats you start the push pressing or the pressing and Guys forget there's that, you know, the assessment, there's getting to know the client, uh, learning what programs will work for you. That's why guys go for full body. But there's also, I think, where clients assume, I'm going to go to the gym day one, and we're starting on day Results one. Results start
0: yeah. day one.
2: Yeah, so when when you're explaining, they're like, oh, I thought, you know, because of what's being sold and what guys are used to, cause same thing. I, I went to the gym day one and I told everyone I squatted seventy kilos. I don't care what anyone said. I, <laughs> I, I I I in my head I was like, whoa, I'm a strong guy. <laughs>
1: so That's, that's, that's not right. how it works. Right. <laughs> you know, it's what we get getting solved with people and yeah, you know, especially with social media. Eight week, four week, eight week body. You know, be beach body ready in eight weeks. And people are in a rush looking to take shortcuts to what we want to achieve. Look, the biggest skill in, say, for bodybuilders is consistent This is what makes bodybuilders so good. They aren't in a rush. Bill Heath, if you look at his early days, and he was gifted from day one, he still spent a good few years getting to the point where he was consistently Mr. Olympia, you know? Just, Jake Cutler, you know, those first formative years of building that foundation is it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I think you're with your body your lifetime. Spending a few yeah, a year learning the basics or two years gets isn't a long time in the grand scheme of of life.
0: Yeah, totally. So beginners, and that's not your age. Stick yeah. with full body for a year, even two years. Then from there, you can go into a upper-lower split. So there's, there's various ways to do that. You can do one day upper, the next day lower, then take a rest and keep repeating that. Or you can take a rest between like every other day. Many ways to do that. And that's very much dependent on you and what you can recover from. Um, and I, I personally really enjoy upper lower splits and that's what we're doing now. So you know, to many people maybe we seem advanced, but this this is how we train. and so when you when you're programming this, you can then you can get a little bit more focused on certain parts. so you're, you've got two days now to focus on your upper body. So those two days, I personally would still put in push and pull in both days. But on one day, prioritise push. And on the other day, prioritise pull. And the same with your legs. You'll be doing full legs. We're not doing leg splits. So on the, on both those leg days, um, you will be doing your whole leg. And you can, if you want to, prioritise kind of like with the upper body. One day will be more of a quad dominant and the next day more of a hinge or glute posterior chain dominant?
1: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I like upper and lower splits. I tend to do upper lower um, with a rest day, then upper and lower again, and then add an accessory day mm-hmm. on the fifth day, purely because there's a few things you may not hit. But it's also important for people to realise that, with an upper lower you can get in a lot of bigger compound movements because they hit everything and the problem is when you go to lower splits um and go into like these single body part splits is you can't actually split a lot of body parts like that because a chest press we'll always incorporate some sort of shoulder movement and even actually on the eccentric you're engaging laps to mm-hmm. control that bar down and this is why for i would say once you're past knowing how to do all the basic movements 90 percent of the people or maybe at least 75 percent of people would benefit from doing up and lower only mm-hmm. because it's, it's with our movement patterns you, you struggle to split out. And therefore, to get enough recovery, an upper-lower split works a lot better by hitting muscles more regularly and recovering. The majority of people, I think, 9% of the people training fall into intermediate and beginner levels. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I would say then 8% after that into that sort of next phase of a push-pull maybe. And then only 1% 2 percent area is for that full body uh, for those individual body part splits. So yeah. I think four bang for your buck, upper lower split is possibly the greatest thing you will do for having enough recovery, focusing now on the bigger compound exercises, mastering them because they take a long time to master. I'm still not a great deadlifter. I'm a decent I, I was traditionally decent squat until I've heard both of these but um deadlift i still want a big deadlifter and it is a certain biomechanics to that so i could probably go back to splitting up and i try to add have deadlifts in my program just so i can master the movement because that's the other thing you know a lot of people cut out movements because they find them hard They yeah. never and never master that movement so we never become good at it you know i can, i can deadlift 200 and to a lot of people that's good but from Compared to my other lifts, it's probably not good. You know, I'm repping on between 150 and 180, depending on if it's my top set or my, my back backup set. You know, um, again, there's a lot of room. So with things like an upper/lower set, you can then add at the start of those sessions on your upper. You may then have an inclined chest press because you know it's going to hit your shoulders and your chest. Your next Session. You may you start your legs with a deadlift or an RDL because it is a hip hinge posterior chain movement. And then after your rest day, when you go back onto legs, start with a pushing squat movement. Again, you can then now you've got enough sessions in the week to throw in these big sessions rather than doing all of them in a leg session. Trying to do a posterior chain. Trying to do a big push movement. Because it actually becomes a lot harder to recover from and your other sessions will take an impact so i think for bang for it, it's but the upper lower split is possibly the best for the majority of people
2: and uh i think you said something very like very very important because you find a lot of people try to do everything in one session you you want to yeah. do your seated hamstring curl you want to do your standing hamstring curl you want to do your line yeah. hamstring curl and you want to do your rdls because that's what you've seen and then you're trying to do high volume on all of them when if you look at them movement wise you can do a set of each and you have your four sets four different movements hitting one one body part so for people who try to do everything in one session it's it's it it doesn't make sense because uh, i used to do the same thing where it's a leg day and i'd do a back squat front squat leg press and fit like because i'm thinking you know the more Ooh, the, the volume barrier. the more the the pain the more the work the more i grow but it's 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 just the same thing and it's like you said, there's, um, it's so much volume, I will not be able to recover. And that's just quads. I still want to do my hamstrings. I still want to do yes. my glutes. Then my program just looks like a, a hip. That is a- it, it's a bad program. It's a very bad high oh. volume <laughs>
0: yeah. uh,
2: program where I'm sure by the time I'm doing, say I start with the back squats, by the time I'm doing the front squats, i'm 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 tired i'm done i'm just doing it for beast mode and no days off and that that instagram video it's 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 useless yeah
1: (laughs) and i think it goes down to understanding biomechanics yes a lot of people because they don't spend the formative beginner stage they don't understand the biomechanics of their own body or being able to spot in a client's body because you've got to understand biomechanics. You've got to get, and we've said this a lot, don't be married to an exercise. Understand movement patterns, right? So therefore, your session should be based over, your, your training will be based over a week. And you will get those movement patterns in over a week. We don't all have to go into one session, especially when you've got up a split. So yes, you're going to have a big pushing movement. You're going to have a good hip hinge movement. Well, probably to get the benefit, you want to split those on different days because they are taxing. And then it's prioritizing those at the beginning of sessions. And, you know, and, you know it could be a quad-dominant movement, like a leg extension. And it could be... But then you've also got to understand people's injuries because, you know, people talk a lot about... And how air bodies work. and A lot of people talk about the shearing force in a leg extension, which is traditionally considered bad for your knee but for me i actually get very little knee pain from doing leg extensions despite having terrible knees and you know even ollie goes oh yeah we should probably cut down on the shearing movement. but actually over the years my my legs have adjusted to be able to do leg extensions and actually i find more taxing on my knees things like bulgarian split squats and various other exercises so it's also knowing about that, because for some people, it's not equal. You know, we all have slightly different bodies, different lever lengths. So biomechanics, you want to start learning early and understanding where force and, you know, strength curve, oh, uh, power curves on machinery is, you know, not all not all exercise pieces of equipment are the same. So when you're doing your, your plan, you know, you should be looking at one where your body can recover from it. What you know, don't try and throw everything in one day. You know, you split up your big compounds across a week. You and know, get your training is split up over a week or a month to fit all these movements in and hit your sessions. Not it doesn't it's not a race to the finish lines, yeah. It's not a sprint. Yeah. So on your first day, you'll have, say, you go for a push-dominant, quad-dominant legs, uh lower session. So you'll start with, uh you know, could be starting with, you know, split squats or, uh, uh, you know, a barbell upper back squat or, you know. When you think, I see people doing front squats a lot who haven't even mastered a goblet a squat. A goblet, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even at the intermediate level, you, you can still include things like goblet squats. as oh, you I squat. love
0: goblet squats. I they're there they're <laughs> Actually,
1: yeah. if done properly, I and mean, then working out, for me, I need to, with most of my spotting nowadays, I need to heal, elevate everything, because my body wants to avoid that mobility and putting pressure on the knees, so for me, I can lower the weight, heal, elevate, and get quad activation. So, you know, it's understanding these little things in that intermediate stage, before, you know, there's intermediate one and intermediate two. And I think intermediate one stage of up upper lower splits is where the majority of people should be sick. And as I say, throw in an accessory if you need to bring up, if you're not a bit like me, if you've got... Well, I was looking at old photos, my arms used to be a lot better. Like, I was looking at old photos when I was, from when I was younger you and I think I must biceps. have torn both biceps because we're both really peaky now to, compared to when I was... Like you know, mid you know, two thousand six, two thousand eight, where it might look a lot longer. Yeah, so the adapter. You no, know, it is. What it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah I've obviously done some damage there somewhere, but um, understanding these little things, and I, I you know I would I benefit from an accessory date just to hit my arms, rear delts. So therefore, the other two sessions, I can really focus on those big lifts. You know, so it's the other four sessions, should I say so. Yeah, you know, you're upper lower, upper lower you can hit all the big, big lifts, and then you have an accessory, just the fluffy stuff to bring up all those smaller bits that you may have missed.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's just really programming and thinking also about, you know, the loading. If you're doing a lot of sort of barbell, sort of spinal loading, just to think of, if you're doing a leg day and you're doing squats and deadlifts in that leg day, you know, that's not very smart. So if you're gonna start with deadlifts, with a barbell deadlift, don't then add in a barbell squat, then do your goblet squats. Um, So just be smart with that. And also if you're doing, let's say a posterior uh, chain lower body dominant day, the next day I wouldn't do back as your main upper body move because you've probably fatigued it from deadlifting. So again, just always look ahead to the next workout. And have you recovered enough for those what you're going to work then to be able to, to get the most out of that workout. Um, so, yeah, you can really Every look at. The session that. shouldn't be a complete picture. A complete picture is
1: the, the week or when you've finished all four or five sessions. Have you hit everything in those five sessions and been able to recover? That's why we're important to throw a recovery day in as well. So, and I think that's where people forget. we, we do, if they don't understand programming, they throw in everything throw the kitchen sink at every single session. Yeah. And don't realise, Yeah, you know, and I've seen trainers do this in gyms and they don't we, and then you notice the next week their clients not with them and you go, Oh, where's your client today? Oh yeah, we got they're injured, they got bad back.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I wonder oh, why. Yeah. It's probably because they've done about a million squats, a million deadlifts, all in the same session, you know? Volume. It's like why are you doing volume squats and volume
0: deadlifts? Yeah, they're not exercises for that. Mm. Yes, I think that's such a good that's such a key point. Some exercises are just not made for volume. And yeah, deadlifts and squats, barbell squats and ticket are just not made for high volume. So if you're programming those, you know, work in your sort of I would say your strength rep ranges for that. Um like I would never program anyone fifteen to twenty deadlifts. You know, you, you you can't keep your form. You will no, injure yourself. You can't. Gen- genuinely can't. And then
1: you know, if you are, and I've seen it, some people do really well with volume squats, but then you've got to, to cartel the whole rest of your session to mm-hmm. light loaded session. Yeah, you know, a light loaded session. So if you are Going to do high volume squats because you think there's a lot of bang for your bucket. Someone's legs need a lot of volume. Look at the rest of the session. You will probably then have to change. You know, you've done a lot of squats. You've hit a lot of volume. So now let's look at almost the rest of the, the rest of the session needs to be almost recovery to those squats. <laughs> you
0: know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's so a thinking smart. It's being smart. It is being smart. So I mean, you're. I mean, one way to do it is whatever exercise you're focusing on, you know, maybe, you know, work up to your, your sort of top set on that and, and then get in a little bit more volume with back sets. But then, so say that was your quad dominant, then in the same session, you're doing some hamstrings and glutes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go too crazy, you know, on, on your sort of strength reps on that. I would keep the reps, maybe l- the weight a bit higher and the reps, sorry, the weight a bit lower and the reps sort of moderate on that.
2: And yeah. I even, uh, I remember reading in one of the, there's a book, it's uh, Christian Thibodeau, he's very, very good coach and he has this, It's I think it's called a muscle fiber makeup test and I, I found it good because it tells you what fibers uh a most you uh what you have most uh with in your muscles and yeah. once you know your fiber makeup you'll know your reps and set ranges in which you will benefit the most so you'll know if you if you incorporate high volume if you'll be able to recover depending on your fiber makeup if you uh, depending on what fibers you have you can do low volume and still make the same progress so I found it's one of the yeah. tests he does well, like, for the clients and I thought it's a lot
1: because yeah. you know, some volume you know it's different for different people I and mean, yeah. therefore certain exercises benefit different people in different ways yeah you generally find people who've got a good sprinting background who if you say to someone, are you a fast runner? Are you, how, how quickly can you run 100 meters? Yeah. And they look a, 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 a relatively quick. You know their legs are made up of fast twitch muscle fibers. Yeah. If someone says to you, no, I'm rubbish, bit, but I can run a marathon in three hours. Well, you'll know that they, they've got like slower twitch. Slow the... endurance muscle fibers. Yeah. So therefore, that's not bad questions to ask when planning a leg day. Because, you are Start looking at what movements benefit those muscle fibers per a volume standpoint. Yeah. So if someone's got fast twitch fibers, they'll probably be good at squatting. Low, low. You know, you can go low volume. Low volume, yeah. High, yeah. high, high weight. You
2: know. And they'll benefit way more. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So again, that comes down to biomechanics, and you know, as we said, you. Know, most of your learning will be done in this intermediate phase. I think. Yeah, you, know, you get the majority of what you need to learn out of intermediate one, so to speak. You, know, you put the core foundation in the beginning. And I think a lot of people should go back to the beginning. If you've been doing the wrong thing for five, ten years, you're still a beginner. Right? <laughs> so go back, do put in your foundations, move on to this intermediate one which is gonna be the longest phase in your life of building knowledge. Then you can go on to intermediate two, which is like this push-pull, you know, where you start loading the nasty heavy weights. And you, cause you know what exercises work for you. You could say, tell you what, I know what works for me. Um, I'm, I'm a great deadlifter. lifter. You know, I'm great at bent over barbell rows, say, you know, I've got a good strong back. So I can now load these exercises so
2: i know i'm gonna get a lot from my pull push sessions yeah it it did take me a long time to give up like doing full conventional deadlifts and it's the same thing you know married to the exercise and just because all the guys i wanted to look like did deadlifts i stuck to it you know got a small impingement learned from it took a while to accept it but but it's 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 like you said
1: (laughs) Did everyone you looked up to actually do that many deadlifts? That's the thing. Because here's the thing, deadlifts in photos in a magazine look good. Yeah. When someone's deadlifting and <laughs> they use a the photo, it's their veins and traps all popping. It's a good photo opportunity. But do they actually do deadlifts all the time? Probably not. Yeah. they like squatting. A lot of pro bodybuilders don't squat. Yeah. Because they you... realize, actually, they're bang for their buck they would
2: be better off with a leg press because um,
0: you know, we take too much of my glutes. And hub back, squats, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, No, it's it's just so, yeah, learn really learn what works for you and be and be sensible if, if you know you're in this for the long term. There are exercises that you don't necessarily have to do. Like barbell back squatting and deadlifting. Yeah, those ones, you mm, you can build the same muscles
2: without in, ever doing it.
0: Yeah, you really can. You really can. Unless
2: it's your goal to like, become a power lifter or do a discipline that involves a back squat. You don't ever have to do it. You don't ever have to deadlift. You don't even ever have to do a barbell bench press. And you will get to your goal. <laughs> so, that's the thing. It's,
1: it's remembering you're not a power lifter. Power lifters have to do these lifts, yeah. they have to. They're the core powerlifting, they are you know, what they're competing on. Yeah, but they, they have. To. <laughs> you find what works for you. And as we say, it's about movement. So a leg press can be as effective as a squat. And even more so if you're not worried about you know, your back and taking it in your glutes. If you want to build quads, you know, you're better off with you know, maybe a, a low foot position leg press.
2: Yeah. Which is most of gen pop. Not, not many people want to become powerlifters. So just, just think of your goals and keep them as specific as possible. That will really guide you to, with your programming.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, after, I mean, there's also your push pull legs, which, you know, once you've, you've built up some, you know, some decent muscle is, is a, is a great rotation. Um, my favorite <laughs> uh, for me personally I, I would want more legs and you could manipulate that to get in more legs um, but so there now you have whole day for push moves for your upper body um, so you're not splitting the upper body workout I mean you yeah you're splitting your upper body workout so um, yeah Yeah, for a lot you, of guys like that <laughs>
2: yeah like if you, you said you want more legs so it'd be nice to do like a push legs Rest. You could do legs, nope. rest, Leg- pull,
0: rest, legs, or push, push legs,
2: rest, pull, rest, and then you do... A, there, there are many yeah. ways to as long as Yeah, as yeah. long as you try, if you're trying to grow a big chest, you have your push days more. If you're trying to grow a big back, pull, legs, yes. that's where the push-pull legs is very good. But it comes with specializing once you have the muscle.
0: Yeah, once you've found somewhere that you want to bring up as well. Yeah. When you're starting out, you, you probably want to bring your whole Everything. body up. So now, uh, if you, yeah, now you want to work on a specific part. You know, especially if you're a bodybuilder or you've been doing it for a while, you probably do need to concentrate on a certain part of you. We know genetically, we're all different. fionn has got to grow bigger calves. Yeah,
2: they're, they're coming. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're coming. They'll be good. Well,
0: nice. Um, Stop doing
2: useless.
1: <laughs> just said the reason why beginners should be doing complete body, it should be you know early should be doing um, upper lower splits is to create a balanced physique. If you start off with a bro split and you are particularly good at lifting on a certain muscle type, that muscle will take over,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you'll end up with. Yeah, you know, a really thick back or good shoulders or good arms. But If you do the other way, where you do, you know, complete body or upper lower, you'll end up with a more balanced physique. And then when you're a bit more advanced, then, as you're saying, then look to bring something up. Like, at the moment, I'm on a very hybrid push-pull thing. So I do push, chest dominant, legs, pull, Rest day, push, delt dominant, um, legs, rest. So, because my back grew a lot, grew a lot in my last off season. So now I just need to bring up my shoulders and chest to sort of match my back. Um. So therefore, with you know, and because you can't work them in isolation, really. There's no point doing chest session and a shoulder session you can still prioritize one over the other
0: yeah i no, that i think that's great you know and you've got to get to the point where you you earn that you earn sort of bringing up a body part and also for your joint health i know a lot of women avoid uh, chest chest workouts and i mean i i personally really enjoy them and in my last program before this one there was no direct chest work And now that I've incorporated it back, I find actually my shoulders are so much more happier. Um, So just think of it in terms of your, you know, your joint health as well and and being balanced. You can't just, you know, work one portion of your body. You know, you need it all to be balanced and functioning. You might not necessarily want to grow that muscle. Like maybe women don't want to grow pecs. You don't have to, but having strong ones is very beneficial. So don't neglect any any muscle group.
1: But well, saying that, pecs with women, you know, whether I just push your boobs up more.
0: Yeah, no, no, well exactly no no, it is. It's true, but, no, no, but a good actually point. women yeah. realize it's a good. It no it is. It is it is a great boob lift. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it's it, it can so be patient a thing.
2: patient woman's boob lift. <laughs>
0: Certainly. you have to be patient. It takes a lot longer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, slightly no, it's... cheaper. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, for women, go for it. You're not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna see chest striations unless you're super lean anyway. So it's only gonna bring bonuses your boob lift.
1: But here's the thing: it's also knowing that if you've got weak, if you you're know, prone to shoulder injuries, rather than you know, try to keep working shoulders with, you know, shoulder presses and things, which take a lot of stabilisation. Improve the stabilisation by doing a lot more incline chest press, and actually stabilise a joint indirectly with, you know, a more prioritised muscle, and things like, you know, you know, could be upright rows to strengthen, you know, you strengthening your traps, and to a certain degree, you know, your 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 delts that way, so you you know you're doing these sort of compound exercises to strengthen the overall area, rather than you know doing complete isolation on where you may have a weakness.
2: A weakness, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, and I mean most most people, well, a lot of people can't overhead press properly see very Most few who can. Shouldn't. Well, and a lot of people <laughs> shouldn't and like andy said there are so many other moves that you can do uh inc- incline dumbbell pressing or barbell pressing is it's great you know you're still getting um you're still going to get some great shoulders out of it and they'll probably be much happier
2: yeah and that's i think that's also another good thing when you're starting um the assessments we were talking about you can Do your self assessment or get a coach to do them because you will find out if you can overhead press if uh, or you're just um, an injury away, you know, because you see a lot of people overhead pressing with their backs hyperextended hips are tilted
0: Ooh, they just have terrible shoulder mobility yeah
2: and that that is not the right way to do it and eventually it will lead to injuries and you see a lot of people should not be doing it you know just sit on a bench incline it a bit you can lie back and still hit the shoulders as you work on your mobility in getting your like your standing military press better so
1: yeah are this things, is a thing. It's- about not rushing and, and beginners want they see the advanced people doing military presses, armoured presses, all these things, and they think oh I should be doing that. Yeah. But actually, you you don't deserve to do that yet. Your body hasn't learned the basics, For... hasn't got its mobility, hasn't got its core strength yet. Mm-hmm. So let's not rush into it. Right? Because you will get an injury. Yeah, you, know, you have to understand where Start from the basic lifts and you know and don't do the complicated lifts straight away. As you said, you know, an no overhead press, you've got a lot of core strength needed. You've got to have shoulder mobility. And you know, again, could you be doing it but same exercise in safe a safer manner? 100 percent And this is what good programming is about doing what you need to do. In a safe manner that you can recover from, so you can keep progressing. Because again, it with, comes down to good consistency form. Yeah. over time. Uh, consistency over time, and you get that from good form. So don't rush.
0: Yeah. Consistency. And, um, consistency. So th- those are our sort of favored um, sort of splits. And so now we get to the controversial uh, bro split. And honestly, I don't know. Unless you're a pro bodybuilder, I don't mm. know many people who would benefit from doing that.
2: Unless you're really advanced, yeah, you're on the pro level, and yeah, unless you're in the bodybuilding scene, to be honest. Unless you're competitive, yeah, exactly. I don't think bro splits. are...
1: I think bro splits only work for body competitive bodybuilders because yeah. unless you from just from enjoy the adjustments matter. Yeah. yeah. Now. You know, for the majority of people, you just want to lay muscle down, and if you just want to look good for the beach, you want a nice balanced physique. And don't forget, you can do hybrids. If you think your arms need to grow, you and you personally would feel good from having bigger arms. You can add arm exercises.
0: Yeah,
2: I even have
1: your. You can your even make one of your. You know, you could have an accessory day on an upper lower split where it is arm focus yeah. and you would still have enough time to. Yep. You no, know, because don't forget, you know, people don't realize, you know, with nearly every pressing motion, you are getting some sort of tricep activation.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you then throw in two arm days a week, your triceps may not recover and you are likely to get. And it's a very common injury for, in the world of training, a torn tricep. People tear triceps all the time. It's a nightmare to recover from. So... There is no need to, for majority of people to, to go to a bro split. Now, when you can do hybrids of everything else, if you are a competitive bodybuilder, it's slightly different. You've built that core foundation muscle. And even, you know, I'm definitely not at that level. You know, I think that really covers open class bodybuilders. I think an open class bodybuilder can see if it's hypercritical, can see the, the, where they're down on the body part, and therefore split it that way. Yeah. I think a men's physique athlete, you would have to do it differently. You you should prioritize arms, shoulders, shoulders. and chest, yeah. less legs. So you could you know, but then you could do that on a split where legs aren't important. Now, for someone like me who wants to be a, a classic physique athlete, and that is my long term aim, be a master's classic physique, you know, wait for my 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. I need yes. to keep legs in. But I'm, I'm fortunate enough, my legs are quite responsive. I've got a few injuries which make them look a bit squiffy, you know, <laughs> out of balance. But generally, I want to gain maximum leg development. So there's no point in me even doing single body split parts. I might as well do a, as we said, uh you know, upper, or a push, legs, pull, rest, push, legs, yeah. rest. You know, because my legs are going to, you know, I'm hitting legs twice a week yeah
0: yeah absolutely and just before so, uh, one i think important thing to say is if you're adding in you know you're, you're sticking to that sort of split but then you want to add in an arm day i think people might be tempted to just add in a lot of volume there and a lot of junk volume and you don't need to um you know, like and you're saying yeah. you're hitting your arms a lot anyway in a lot of these workouts so if you're just having an arm day and you're like, okay, well, let me just do about ten sets of this and ten sets of that. That is that is really junk volume. So I think just be careful you don't fall into that trap.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure I well,
0: speaking of the nice analogy
1: volume. Sorry to interrupt me. I, yeah. I was in the greenhouse the other day and I was trimming up a chili bush and removing removing the uh, leaves that were damaged. And this is a bit like junk volume. It's all well and good having a big bush. You know, these big, bushy chili plants. Yeah. If not every leaf is being effective for what is needed, why have it there? Cut it off. Same with volume. If that volume is ineffective, there is no point having it in your session.
2: Yeah. Calm have
1: only effective volume.
2: Yeah. Yep. And I was going you know, to say... Yeah. I was going to say most people are like me, I'm sure. Most people in the gym start with bro splits. Even when guys come to the gym... Female, male, you'll see the trainers programming a bro split style. So I can assure you, is just do the same thing I'm doing. Just now go back and just start and correct all this thing. It's it's not a race. It's not a competition. You're just, you're learning. It's so, not a
0: fail. You're not a failure if you go yeah. back to full body. But,
2: and I can say maybe even 99% of people I know are... We beginners. we started with bro splits, and where you go into the gym without an idea, and you get married to this yeah. chest Monday, legs Tuesday, that's kind of. The
1: thing you're so right; it's habit, and yeah. people understand the bro split because it's this day I'm going to do this, this day I'm going to do that,
2: and it's and volume, volume, volume.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's easy. Volume, it's easy, and you you don't understand what we talked about last week you don't understand intensity, you don't understand volume, the principles of hypertrophy, because if you, let's look at quads. If you're doing a bro split, you're gonna hit your quads once in the week, okay? So you might have 10 sets that you do on that one day and you for sure are not giving the same intensity of those 10 sets as you would if you had split that up into a push pull legs or upper lower split, there you're splitting those 10 sets across the week and you might get in more and you're going to be hitting them with way more intensity which equals yeah. muscle growth.
2: Because <laughs> some,
1: some bro splits... Density.
0: Because density. We yeah. Intensity equals density. That's a good t-shirt. That,
2: yeah. Because most people do bro splits injustice because what bro splits look like from even... I'm just speaking from experience. You enter the gym and you think it's chest day. So you just start press one fly cable just go around on every chess machine and leave the gym that's that's the that's like what people think it is and it's just junk junk volume and you're doing you know three then you're like i'll just add two sets and there's no plan but with with bro splits if you really want them to work you i think you need to be advanced it's It's not for everyone.
1: Because you need to be able to take the intensity to every session, and that only works once you know what intensity is. And And because otherwise, as you said, your session filled a jump rope. Your chest press. Say you're building chest, as I said. Your chest press may be the only thing you have intensity on. So what was the point in all those other exercises? Nothing. Nothing. Literally just filled up an hour for fun chasing a pump maybe. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And I just I, I find that not with myself and people I know, but more with people Leon know, with arms, the obsession with growing <laughs> no. arms, and it's just full of junk volume, full of it. And yeah. um
2: Yeah, it's well, I mean, no. I
0: don't understand the pain of maybe not getting bigger arms, but I think there are way more effective ways to do it.
2: Um, yeah, when you tell them you do, we do one or two got, sets. I mean, no's got huge like,
0: arms, and he does not—he does uh, not train them. You know, every we, spare minute of not. his day, he's not bicep curling and brushing his yeah. teeth every day. But you day. see, the
2: problem is, you tell someone this is how I do it, and they're like, "You're lying." Don't no. yeah, but Don't I
0: mean, also it. there is genetics. He is genetically blessed yes. with his arms, and it, some of us will just not be, I'm a and that's <laughs> not to say you're never going to get big arms, but you need to accept that, mate, you're not so genetically blessed in that department, which makes you have to be even smarter with your training.
2: Yeah, yeah. Sadly, exactly. I'm the opposite
0: to Leon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I have genetically poor arms, you know, mm-hmm. we get injured, and they you know, they've been bigger, you know, I've had 17-inch arms, nearly 18, 18 at one point, but now probably down to 16, Right injuries but here's the thing my legs grow super quick right so i'm okay with that you know arms i'm training smarter you know with my arms more intensity on the arms rather than less so i'm more likely you know at the end of some of my sessions we do blood flow restriction bicep curls so i can get you know a lot more for lighter weight So the risk of injuries lower because I've already got injuries in the biceps. So, Mm. you know, these things, it's about training smarter, not harder, essentially. The intensity should be the intensity. You should feel with every lift, it's the same. It's going to kill you, right? But you've got to be able to recover as well.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it all comes down to that. You have to be able to recover from it. It's no point doing an arm session and then the next day you're going into something that's going to require a lot of bicep and tricep work and and if they're fatigued, you know that's going to affect the whole the whole movement and then you won't get as much out of it. So always keep that in mind. What can you recover from? And I think we'll just finish up with, you know, there's there is light at the end of the tunnel. Some gyms are opening and um and I know we're all super excited to get back and we'll probably kill ourselves in the first session. So <laughs> We because
2: I did the poll and everyone was going to do leg day on the first day. I think
0: that. So just (laughs) remember when you're going back to the gym, this is going to be a new stimulus for you. Machines are going to be a novelty because you've probably been doing minimal equipment home workouts. So just really keep that in mind.
2: Yeah, have your logbook. Otherwise, the next day you'll be in pain, and the next week and. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll have started with, like you've taken five steps back instead of you know progressing from where you yes. left off. <laughs> you'll be starting got, on a negative. I've
1: got a really, a really strong opinion on this. Don't change your program, right? When you go to the gym, keep to your home workout program, but have more loads available to you or additional loads. So you can change the volume a little bit, lift that density yeah. because you got to understand that you will be to a certain degree untrained again yep. and your your recoverable volume is going to be a lot lower than it has been because now you're lifting with heavier load so you're better off continuing with the movement patterns you've been doing at home so if you've been doing you know squatting with a water bottle go in and do the goblet squat with a 20 kg dumbbell or 10 kg dumbbell or whatever it is but then understand you've got to adjust the volume accordingly, but keep to those movement patterns so you can then progress still. Then after maybe four weeks of in the gym, then change your program for adding some of that. Because for the majority of people, you've been doing stuff at home, and you, you may have been seeing benefits, and your form may be really good now on those lifts. So take
0: that to
2: the gym and take it to the next level. Yeah, a lot of people will benefit from that for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that's such good advice. Mm -hmm. And because if you kill yourself in that first session, the rest of the week you'll be like Neon after his first squatting session. You won't be able to do anything. And that will probably take you back way more than your whole two months of home training.
2: Yeah, it'll be starting on a negative.
1: (laughs) What happens if you get injured? I mean, you can't train for four
0: weeks. Yeah, really? it, it just, it really makes no sense. So just as always, train smart.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. but <laughs> I think that's all we've got time for today. Um, yeah, another great topic that we could probably talk more on, but please send us any questions that you have on this or anything that you don't understand. And we, we can try and answer those, maybe do a little IGTV video on them.
2: Yeah, we sh- we sh- I think we should do a QA and a on IGTV soon, because I was yeah. getting a lot of questions after our hypertrophy episode, just uh, when I put the question thing. And I thought it's a lot of stuff we can do on IG Live, because I, I got a few requests, even from trainers, just
0: yeah mm-hmm. okay well let's do that cool. and we'll and we'll do it with the pro, pro, program design we can
1: prioritize those on IGTV and hypertrophy and any questions coming in from this session and this week we can do questions on hypertrophy programming yeah, yeah. yeah. They, live, they go live. hand
0: in hand
2: yeah. yeah
1: yeah
0: great well thank you so much for listening and we will catch you in our episode next week
2: cheers
1: yes I can't wait